Hello and welcome back to 365 Days with MXM Tune. I'm Maya, a singer, songwriter, video maker, and Oakland native. I'm also a huge fan of history. I love untold stories, gross facts, and secrets, anything weird, dark, and funky from the past. In each day, I'm going to share one of my favorite deep cuts with you. So let's take a look at today's stories. It's 365 with MXM Tune. New facts every day, so don't leave too soon. I'm gonna teach you stuff, no, it won't be tough. Gonna go a year till you've had enough. It's 365. On this day in 1914, something happened that changed world history forever. Franz Ferdinand, the Archduke of Austria, which means he was the son of the emperor, and his wife, Sophie, were assassinated while visiting Sarajevo, the capital of Bosnia-Herzegovina. If you know your history, you might recall this event as the catalyst for World War I. As long as history has existed, there have been people seeking, and sometimes succeeding, to assassinate powerful figures. But Ferdinand's assassination had a particularly bombastic impact on history. How did the killing of one archduke and his wife start a massive worldwide conflict? In addition to being an archduke, Franz Ferdinand was inspector general of the army and the heir to the Austro-Hungarian Empire. Although his wife's slightly lesser origins, she came from Czech nobles, not full royalty, a personal tragedy I'm sure, made it so that their children could never occupy the throne. Ferdinand's derision for the people of neighboring Serbia had been well documented. And Bosnia, Herzegovina, where Ferdinand and his wife, Sophie, went to visit that fateful week, had a 40% Serbian population. Which did not bode well. After learning Franz Ferdinand would be coming to town, a group of revolutionary young students called the Young Bosnians traveled to the capital of Serbia and returned with a slew of weapons, from pistols to bombs and even cyanide capsules. To this day, it's unclear whether or not the Serbian government actually assisted them in this. The Archduke's family's five-day trip started in a less-than-promising way. Their car's axles overheated, and several people warned it was too dangerous to go on the journey to begin with. But at first, things seemed to be doing all right. The Archduke performed military exercises and attended banquets, and the duo explored villages and bazaars in the area, even encountering crowds with no issues or dangers. But one day, while driving in an open-air motorcade through the capital city of Sarajevo, something happened. One of the young Bosnians lobbed a bomb at the vehicle, but his aim was off. The explosive hit a different car, wounding some army officers and civilians instead. Sure, they just had a close call involving a bomb, and they'd been warned from the start to call the whole thing off, but the couple had less than one day left till they'd be returning home, what else could go wrong? Instead of heading for the hills, the motorcade continued down its route, quicker this time in the hopes of avoiding any further dangers. Then, they took a wrong turn, and while the cars were trying to get back on track, a young man named Gavrilo Princip approached them. Princip was a part of the young Bosnian's group, who acquired weapons in hopes of facilitating Ferdinand's demise. Using a pistol at close range, he did just that shooting the Archduke and his wife and killing them in a matter of minutes. Princip ended up confessing to the assassination, but clarified that Ferdinand's wife was meant to be unharmed. As he was 19 years old and the country's death penalty didn't apply to those under the age of 20, 
he was instead sentenced to 20 years in jail, but died of tuberculosis four years into his incarceration. Assassinations don't happen in a vacuum. Unrest had already been rising throughout Europe, and with Ferdinand's killing, it reached a fever pitch. Germany aligned themselves with Austria-Hungary, who declared war on Serbia after Ferdinand died, one month later to be exact. One declaration of war led to more declarations of war, as these things tend to do, and eventually the whole world was involved, hence World War I. It's important to remember how these seemingly small acts of violence can set off huge ramifications. Now let's talk about music. On this day in 2010, a band best known for their ability to rock hard and set their sights toward the heavens had their integrity put to the test. An American folk musician named Jake Holmes sued Led Zeppelin, specifically founder Jimmy Page and the band's labels, alleging that their song, Dazed and Confused, was actually his song. It took Holmes a while to get to this point. He sued the band at the ripe age of 70 years old. Zeppelin's tune was released in 1969 as a part of their self-titled album. Holmes's version, on the other hand, came out in 1967. In a 1990 interview with Music Magazine, Jimmy Page was asked about the song and said, I'd rather not get into it because I don't know all the circumstances. I haven't heard Jake Holmes, so I don't know what it's all about anyways. The thing is, Page had heard Holmes's work. Holmes actually opened for Jimmy Page's previous band, the Yardbirds, in 1967. Then, the Yardbirds started performing the song with some rearrangements, improvisations, and lyrical edits as a part of their live shows, which Holmes knew about. When Page formed Led Zeppelin, they continued to play Dazed and Confused, but somewhere along the line, Page became the sole person credited for the song. Music writer Mick Wall talked to Holmes for the Zeppelin biography, When Giants Walked the Earth. He said, I don't want Page to give me full credit for the song. He took it and put it in a direction that I never would have taken it, and it became very successful. So why should I complain? But give me at least half credit on it. It took Holmes a long time to realize that suing was even a possibility. He wasn't up on the exact laws covering music copyright, and these laws are notoriously confusing. But eventually, he figured out a way to get credit for his work. Lawsuits can be tricky and time-consuming, especially when you're up against people with plenty of money, fame, and power. But in the end, Jake Holmes prevailed. Well, sort of anyways. The Guardian explained that due to the statute of limitations, Holmes could only claim royalties and damages for the prior three years. Though with a band of Zeppelin's success, that's surely still a decent chunk of change. Ultimately, the lawsuit was settled for an undisclosed amount one year later, in 2011. In 2012, Led Zeppelin released a live album, and the credits still listed Days and Confused as being written by Page. However, there was one new addition, inspired by Jake Holmes. And now for today's final segment, I will be going into my own photo archives to see what I was up to on a June 28th in my life. It's pretty fascinating to me that I've been able to generate any sort of commentary about the things that I've done in my life most of these episodes because now we're in our, gosh, what month is it of the podcast? I've got to think about this really fast. We started this podcast in September of last year and now it's June. I've somehow managed to bullshit my way through a good amount of these facts about my life because if I'm being completely honest my life has not been very exciting a majority of my months alive <laughs> but I'm glad to share anything that I find anyways 
June 28th, 2018, I was in New York with my mom. I, I think I've mentioned this trip a couple times. I was in Manhattan staying on the Upper West Side while she was working at a workshop. I had a lot of free time during the day, but today was a day off because it was a Thursday? I did not know it was a Thursday, but apparently we went and did stuff anyways. So we went to the Oculus, which is a really well-known building in Manhattan that kind of looks like a whale skeleton. I don't even know how to describe it, but it houses like a mall. They've shot a lot of stuff inside of it, I'm pretty sure, but I had never seen it in person and it was very exciting because I studied it a bit in architecture. And we also went to the 9-11 memorial, which is really beautiful. And I hadn't seen that in person either, but it was so cool to be like a tourist in New York. And then I think about the fact that I've moved here in 2020 um, and now I live here and it's so weird and so crazy that I could literally go to that same place anytime I want to, except I haven't because Manhattan's really far away from Brooklyn. <laughs> I'm too lazy <laughs> to go to the tourist spots. Thanks for going back in time with me and remember to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Come back tomorrow for more stories from the past. It's 365 with MXM2. New facts every day, so don't leave too soon. I'm gonna teach you stuff, no, it won't be tough. Gonna go a year till you've had enough. It's three.